Hello, everybody. Marcus and Jamie here, and welcome to Chef on a Mission Radio. Welcome, everybody. It's good to be here today. Very excited to be here. We have a lot of really great, uh, great information for you today, and we're just excited about, about talking and sharing with you. As always. As always. So this is brought to you by... Um, Aroma Time Bistro, our restaurant that we've had since 2003 in upstate New York, 90 miles north of New York City in the beautiful Hudson Valley, serving farm-to-table cuisine, uh, certified green, amazing wine list, amazing beer list. Uh, just we, we call it farm-to-table, but it's really relationship, relationship to table. Relationship to table. Uh, we, are, we pride ourselves in knowing our producers, our suppliers. We provide ourselves in building those relationships with our suppliers and with our guests. Absolutely. So we Ellenville, New York. We want to where everything is coming from, and we want to provide a really high-quality product with really great service and, and just form a relationship with, with everybody. So Great. Uh, Ellenville, New York. Our website is www.aroma, A-R-O-M-A, time, T-H-Y-M-E, bistro, B-I-S-T-R-O.com. All right, Jamie, what's on board first? Absolutely. So we are, you know, we found, I found this really great article um, about aluminum and how aluminum leaches into your food. Aluminum foil um, or aluminum. Aluminum. Leaches into your food, leaches, sorry, into your food. And um, I just want to share this article and how it's, how it can lead to health problems. And so, you know, it's, it's important to know what to use, how to use it, pots, pans. pots, pans, foil, plastic, all of that stuff. There is and a so. place for aluminum foil, but we'll talk about that. And I've, we've had this policy for years at the restaurant on aluminum foil. And it's um, a hard concept for a lot of people because oh. they're just used to using aluminum foil for so many different things. things. And aluminum. And so we're going to kind of talk a little bit today about why we, how we use aluminum, why we use aluminum, and um, you know, hopefully you'll learn something from yes. from this information. So, um, what's the name of the article, Jamie? The name of the article is "Heat Causes Aluminum to Leach Foil to Food: Aluminum Toxicity Causes Dementia, Alzheimer's, and Cancer." And, and this was an article on a blog, and she has a bunch of references on here where she pulled her information from uh, several several uh, 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 articles or other books. Um, she has about seven, eight, nine, about well, it's about six footnotes on on this article. Uh, so um, go ahead, Jamie, jump into the intro. Absolutely. So while steel and iron often come to mind, it's actually aluminum that is the most used and distributed metal on the planet. When you think about it, it's everywhere. You can find it in such everyday household products like cookware, foil, baking soda cake mixes, non-dairy creamers, aspirin, flour, deodorant, and even water. Wow. Also common food ad- additives um, such as aluminum-173, aluminum-520, it goes on and on. Uh, oh, or no, it's E-173. E-173. E-173, E-520, E-521. There's a whole list of these E which contain food additives that contain aluminum in them. So, but did you know that aluminum causes Alzheimer's, dementia, and other serious health problems? With so much aluminum in our society, one would think, think it was established and proven to be harmless. It's not. Unlike iron and other metals and minerals, the body does not need or want aluminum. Thus, it is a foreign object to our body, and we have no mechanism to process it or use it. 
So what happens to the aluminum we intake? It, like many other toxic chemicals from plastics and pesticides, gets stored by the body, and since we can't process it, builds and accumulates over time. The kidneys, brain, lung, liver, and thyroid are all susceptible to damage from aluminum buildup. So this is, folks, this is like, I, I was at a restaurant supply house the other day, and I literally walked up and down the pot and pan aisle. Every single pot and pan that this supply house was selling was either aluminum or Teflon. There was no stainless steel, and most restaurants don't use stainless steel because it costs a lot of money. Stainless steel or titanium, these mm. are the ways. Stainless steel for a restaurant use is the way to cook with in a restaurant. Hands down, we pride ourselves in, uh, in, in, in stainless steel cookware. We do have a couple of aluminum pots, but we're extremely careful of what goes inside those aluminum pots. Like very, very careful because a lot of foods are reactive, like acid foods, mm. like tomato, white wine, or cream. You put these into an aluminum saute pan or aluminum pot and start reducing them and start stewing tomato sauce for an hour in an aluminum pot. When I see that, I freak out. Well, I'm like, you, you like to teach people, right? You you like to teach our staff because not, not all of them always know. And we staff is about never that at the taught this. Right? And, and people at home are never taught how to use aluminum whether it's foil or pans at home while cooking or not using them while cooking. Right. So. so, and every restaurant just has them. Every every store has them. And people go to the store and they're faced with buying a set of all clads for like $100 a pan or an aluminum pan for 15 bucks. They go for the aluminum pan. Folks, there's a massive difference there between an all-clad stainless steel um, surgical grade uh, stainless steel versus cheap aluminum. There's a major difference there. One of the other things that also bothers me is a lot of chefs, a lot of cooks that come to us are used to wrapping food with aluminum foil. Right. So, for example, we'll put lasagna, let's just say lasagna, into a, it's a high acid food, with a lot of tomato sauce on it. They'll put that in a, in a stainless steel pan to bake it, and then they'll put aluminum foil on top, especially when the food's left over. They just put aluminum foil on top. And then all of a sudden, a couple hours later, the next morning, you go and look at that, and the top of the aluminum foil started to disintegrate. It's called it's it it it, it, it pith, pith, pithing. pithing. So it piths it it so it actually leaches the aluminum right into the, the food, food and it tastes terrible. So many cooks in so many restaurants do not know the difference. You line it with paper. You line parchment all your paper. food with parchment paper, baking paper, and then you put the foil on top of that so there's never any contact with food and foil. Zero contact with food and foil. People sometimes say, Oh, can you wrap my my steak up in an aluminum foil to go, and I'm like, no, no, we have a cardboard, biodegradable right. paper, much better, no contact. But people are just used to that. They're just used to it. So this article has a bunch of bullet points. Well, it has a bunch of things, but just bullet point, Jamie, what this says. Now, years ago, we met a lady um, who did a lot of baking. She had a, a bake shop in lower Manhattan pre-9-11. And she made chocolate mousse. She, she made, made mousse. She made. She was famous for her mousses. Famous for her mousses. Written up in the New York Times and everything. She developed. She was a baker. She developed MS. Mm. She developed MS, and then because she was smart and said, "I want to look at this in a diet and nutrition way," went to the Ann Wigmore Institute in Puerto Rico, detoxified, learned raw and living foods, high alkaline foods, learned how to juice, and when she got back. She looked at her bakery and she goes, this bakery is poisoning me. Mm -hmm. It's literally poisoning me and got rid of all of her aluminum and 
miraculously. She felt better. She felt better. She felt totally better. But folks, we're eating this stuff every single day. It's it's getting into our food supply. You go to these restaurants. You go. You wrap stuff at home in aluminum. It's just it's things are packed. It, it, you read where all the sources are. Now, Jamie, read what's so read what are some most, of the common. Below are the most important reasons to eliminate um, aluminum from your life. So, aluminum damages the central nervous system. It causes brain damage. Uh, aluminum robs the body of essential minerals. Read, read why about that. So um, uh, aluminum is not needed by the body. Magnesium, calcium, and iron are. Unfortunately, aluminum robs the body of these much-needed substances. Trace aluminum levels cross the blood-brain barrier and progressively accumulate in large pyramidal neurons of the hypocalcium Hypocampus? Yeah, yeah, hypocampus. Hypocampus, cortex, and other brain regions vulnerable in Alzheimer's disease. More aluminum enters the brain than leaves, resulting in a net increase in intraneuronal aluminum with advancing age. Aluminum is responsible for two main types of toxic damage in cells. As a pro-oxidant, aluminum causes oxidative damage both on its own and in synergy with iron aluminum also competes with and substitutes for essential metals primarily mg2 plus iron and ca2 plus ions uh, in or on proteins and their cofactors so folks aluminum going back to the pot and pan issue this really ekes me out when i go to restaurants and I see people cooking a high acid food in an aluminum pan with a metal spoon stirring and scraping against the aluminum. So you're scraping off you're the scraping aluminum. You're scraping the aluminum. And this is, and aluminum leaches out in heat. This is the whole premise of this article. Heat leaches aluminum. So as soon as you put that pan on the heat and start doing this, and folks, some, some restaurants, a lot of restaurants, they get these pans so hot. Right. Because that's how you sear things. You want to sear scallops. You want to sear a piece of salmon. You want to sear a steak. You actually get this pan nice and hot, and you uh, where it almost gets to a smoke point, and you start searing away. And that is it's it's mind boggling. But again, chefs aren't educated they're, on this. They don't know. They they're, don't know about this. They're and just cooking. They're not. They're not worried about the health aspect. And again, the industry because it's such a tight margin industry. They go to the store and they're going to buy aluminum all day long over stainless steel in most cases, most cases. So if you're concerned about this, ask your favorite restaurant what kind of cookware they're using. Teflon is a whole other topic, folks. Whole other subject, whole other topic. Um, Teflon. Today, let's keep it to aluminum. Aluminum, yes, yes. <laughs> um, it also, aluminum can weaken bones and tissues. It's also believed to contribute to osteoporosis. Aluminum can cause premature aging. And um, so let, let's talk about a little bit of how to reduce your aluminum intake. I mean, we did talk about the pots and the pans and not using, um, you know, not using foil. Uh, but since it's the most widely distributed metal on the planet, avoiding it can be completely difficult. You can greatly reduce your intake by purchasing products free of aluminum, especially products such as cookware, personal hygiene, and processed foods. Looking like your deodorant, looking all, they were saying aspirin here, looking all that kind of stuff. You'd be shocked and surprised where <laughs> aluminum hides, where they put it into. So Even um, the flu shot yes. could have it. So be, be, read ingredients, folks. So to help um, 
your body reduce aluminum already consumed, try adding spirulina to your daily life. By eating spirulina, you will boost your red blood cells and their capacity to transport oxygen. More oxygen means a more efficient body to detox. Um, you know, we, we take spirulina, we take Corella. Um, so, you know, use, use that chlorophyll, use that stuff to, you know, to detox your body. I've also heard cilantro, juicing ah, cilantro. cilantro is very good for like mercury toxicity. I've heard that too. So yeah. I'm assuming that mercury and aluminum might work the same. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know hundred percent, but I'm assuming there is some good value in cilantro as well for detoxing other metals besides mercury in your body. So cilantro, yeah. Excellent. Um, cilantro, so. juice, you juice it. I like to put cilantro in a smoothie. I'll take a banana, diced watermelon, cilantro, ginger, maybe a touch of turmeric, mm. fresh turmeric if you, can, if you have, or powdered turmeric, and make a smoothie out of that. In the summertime, after you it's work nice and out, refreshing, right? oh my gosh, it is a, an amazing smoothie. You don't awesome. even really taste the cilantro; it just everything tastes delicious. If you want to put a little pineapple juice in there, you can. It's it's amazing. Awesome, awesome. So, um, anything else you want to add about aluminum? Um, just beware, folks. Beware. Just read ingredients. Beware. It's more serious than than is in the media or in, in the uh, in the news or whatever. It, it, it's a it's a problem, and it's not being addressed. And that's because it's such a it's inexpensive, cheap product to make and use. Uh, so just if you can, if you, if you if you know a restaurant that's using stainless steel, like if you know, like all of our, all of our saute pans are stainless steel. But if you know a restaurant that's that's and we are a lot of our pots, if you know a restaurant that's using stainless steel, thank them, say thank you, I appreciate it, I really appreciate it. Some of the best restaurants out there use all aluminum. It's it's amazing. They charge a lot of money for their dishes. And it's all getting cooked in this toxic cookware. So if you see a restaurant, thank them immensely. Excellent. Good good tip there. And um, so next, uh, let's talk a little bit about our winery tours. Yes. Uh, our amazing winery tours to Italy, to Europe, and uh, VIP winery vacations. It's a dream vacation. Uh, you can travel with Chef Marcus and myself to wineries um, throughout Europe. Uh, Italy mostly, Italy. but um, and uh, we stay at really high end hotels and boutique hotels and and just travel in style and luxury and just get treated like a VIP down a red carpet. Basically, we're taking to our friends' wineries, Absolutely. our friends' wineries in wine country in Italy mostly. We buy a lot of wine from all over the world, but Italy is our strong point, and we just want to show you our favorite cities, our favorite wineries, introduce you to our friends take you to amazing, amazing food. And uh, what that's called is a VIP winery vacation, vipwinerivacations.com. Check us out. We have trips a couple times a year. Log on. And we also do charity trips. So if you belong to an organization that wants to do your own trip, a charity trip, a charity organization that wants your own trip, 10 to 24 people, we can donate a significant amount of money back to your organization. We'll teach you how to market it. We'll help you market it. It's our resources, um, our wineries that we know, all of our, all, all of it, all of the, all of the love and intimacy yes. of yes. Italy that we know will help you do it with your organization. We'll donate a nice, a nice chunk back to your organization. That's also so VIP wine, VIP winerivacations.com. Click the link, fill out the form, Check it out, contact yeah. us, <laughs> and uh, we'd we'll love to, uh, love to help you uh, take your dream winery vacation, yeah, your dream absolutely. vacation, oh, trip of a lifetime. Beautiful, beautiful, yes. So next we're going to talk about real ingredients and um, 
You know, you you know a lot about this. Uh, I mean, I know a lot about what to look for, but you know, we we read a lot of packages, and um, I think one of the one of the first things we really taught our kids was that when they started reading was to read the food that they are buying, that they are ingesting, that they are eating, and to read the ingredients um, on tell, the back. Tell the story the other day about. You were talking to a couple that had two smaller kids oh, at the yeah. table. This is such a cute story. It is a cute this story. This was totally us it was, it 10 was years totally ago. It was totally us, and it was very cute. They had two small children, I think maybe nine and, and six at the table, and um, they had a couple of food allergies and, and stuff like that, and uh, you know they were telling me about that, and uh, it was brunch time, so I make a, a, a vegan, gluten-free banana chocolate bread um, for brunch every Sunday for the restaurant. And, um, you know, I, of course, with permission from their mom and dad, I said, would it be okay if I brought over some banana bread? It was, brunch was over, but I had some left over. You know, I had some left. So they said, of course. And so I brought it to the table and they said, we want to know what the ingredients are. So I started listing off what I put in it. And it's a very simple, very simple recipe and very simple ingredients. And uh, I got to the maple syrup part, and the girl looks at me, and she goes, well, is that grade B maple syrup? <laughs> and I said, well, yes, it is. It comes from a local farm. And then I think there was one other question in there that she asked I just asked wonder if it was me, real or not. Oh, is it real? real maple is syrup. it real maple syrup, or is it fake like Aunt Jemima's maple yes, syrup? Yes, yes. And, um, and I just laughed because, and then I continued to tell them the story of how our son one time went out to eat with friends, and um, he he does eat some fish, but he's very conscious about the fish that he eats, and, and uh, he saw salmon on the menu, so he looked at the server, and he must have been probably about nine, ten years old as well, and he said, well, is the salmon wild? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they'll tell you anything about that kind and of stuff. So, but it was just very funny, so the, the, you know, the parents actually taught their children to ask questions, and I thought that was really important, and I was glad that I had done that when our children were young as well, and I, I remember one time when um, a family member had, was it Lifesavers or something, and my, my daughter looked at it and goes, have you read the ingredients in here? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so I think it's important that people read ingredients. They know what's in the food that they're eating. Um, obviously, you know, people sometimes feel like, like, you know, it's okay to cheat once in a while and not to eat this and not to eat that, but, but this is okay. So, you know, you have an interesting story as well about, uh, about cheese and cheese, ingredients yes. and cheese. But before we jump into the cheese ingredient here, or the cheese, the cheese listing of ingredients, people ask us all the time, how did you raise healthy kids? How did you do it? How right. did you, we led by example. We sure did. We led by example, and we were... We kept our standards at always a high level. It wasn't like, oh, well, we're busy today, so let's just run to McDonald's and grab you a bite. Because kids don't understand at four years old, why is mommy and daddy making me real food four or five days a week, and then another day they don't have time to do something? Why are we getting McDonald's or cheaper right. food? They don't make the correlation. They don't understand right. it. So you by, go, by you going to McDonald's and walking in the door, I think it's okay all the time. And the because more you rely upon it, then it becomes a regular thing. And you were going to say, right. the more you rely upon it, the more they expect it, and the more they want it, and the more they become addicted to it. And people say, oh my gosh, I would love a kid that did not, I wish my kid did not like McDonald's. How do you possibly do it? You'd never take them there for the first time. Right. 
just don't take them there. Our kids, our son was like seven years, eight years old, and he found out that they had a, a, a playground. Did you know McDonald's had a playground, Dad? <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, there's a playground there. My friends told me. I'm like, wow, <laughs> knowing that they had that. But so they didn't. They didn't. That was just, you know, that was normal. That was for part him. of. We didn't never took them. We brought their lunch every day to school. They took lunch to school, or we showed up to school. Mm-hmm. Very fortunate. School's a block from the restaurant. We're in the restaurant industry. We have our make our own schedule during the day. We'd run over fresh food. Every, Every day. single day, shrimp teriyaki, udon noodles, some something, Wraps, pasta dish, pasta. a wrap, hummus, salads, and that's we stuck uh, stuck strict to our standards on it. That's what you have to do. You can't you can't make it like oh when it's convenient. No, it's your mission. You make it you make it convenient for you by buying the stuff on hand. Have the hummus in our kids love hummus. How many kids little kids would, kids would eat hummus like our no right. none of them. None of them. They would eat hummus. They eat olives. They eat all these really cool, healthy, interesting foods because that was what we did. Now, I was at this store the other day. Um, I was going through the cheese aisle in a restaurant supply house, and I'm going looking through ingredients. And the number one biggest selling cheddar cheese we we use Cabot cheddar cheese. We use Cabot cheddar cheese. And we grated ourselves. It's it's basically milk, um, uh, the the, uh, the 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 culture. And that's basically Enzyme it. Culture, right? Enzyme, and that's basically it. That's it. It's like two or three. That's it in, in it. If you buy the yellow one, they add annatto. We buy the white one, so there's no coloring in it. Annatto is a natural uh, spice that they extract to use the coloring in a lot of uh, cheddar cheeses. So, here is this basic, inexpensive cheddar cheese, shredded cheddar cheese, ready to go. That a lot of restaurants I saw put it on their cart by the caseload. And I'm like, the thing is floor stacked. It's just massive boxes out right. there because it's outselling every other cheese, cheddar, cheddar cheese there. And I'm sitting there going to buy our cheddar cheese. It's twice the price, right. at least twice the price. So, Jamie, read the ingredients. This is this was very, very sh- – I'm not shocked anymore, but this is like, wow, this is why it's cheap. So water, palm w- – Water. The first water is in- the first ingredient. Water is the first ingredient in this shredded cheddar cheese blend. That means that it's the most predominant right. by volume ingredient. So water. when you read ingredients, right, it's always the most predominant thing is first, and yes. then it goes down from there. Yeah. So water, palm oil, casein, which is milk protein, cheddar cheese, which is milk, cheese culture, salt, enzymes, annatto color. Annatto, which is natural. Then modified food starch. It contains 2% or less of the following. Salt, sodium, aluminum, phosphate. Aluminum. Natural flavor, sodium phosphate, lactic acid, sorbic acid as a preservative, OPO, number eight carotenol, which is yeah. a coloring, coloring, an anti-caking blend, which is corn starch, potato starch, cell- cellulose, dextrose, glucose oxidase. So if you're allergic to corn, there's corn in there. Right, There's corn. corn in here if you're allergic to the corn. I know a lot of people come to the restaurant, we're allergic to the corn, you know, we're avoiding corn. You would never think of going to a Mexican restaurant or a restaurant that serves cheddar cheese on something or in a pasta dish and expect there to be corn. Now, this is a prime example of a highly processed food. They're actually taking water and palm oil and then milk uh, uh, casein, milk protein, and mixing it with real cheddar cheese and spreading it out and then adding other things so they don't stick well, together, anti-cakings and, and yeah. filling. So, folks, this is modified food starch. This is like, this is, it's not shocking, but it, it's it's the norm in a lot of food products. This is why restaurants just, they buy the cheapest thing. Imagine taking cheddar cheese at home 
and adding water to it right. and, and, and palm oil and stretching it out by 30, 40%. It's a cheap, it's, it's cheap, it's a cheap product and throwing in all these chemicals to stabilize it. And, and colorings, it, it's, it's shocking. Read your ingredients and do never, ever, ever be embarrassed at a restaurant to say, um, what's in here? Right. What's, it's your right as a consumer to know what what's in your food. It's called truth in menu. It's a law. You're allowed to know what you're eating. You're allowed to know how it's cooked. So if a restaurant says to you, boiled potatoes, and they send out fried potatoes, and they go, well, that's what our menu is, you say, no, no, that's not what it says on your menu. You have These are things you have to know by you law. You have a right. You have a right. Restaurants have that ethical and moral and the law. Um, it's, on, it's on our side. So, but the ethics and, and morals get thrown out most of the times. So, absolutely. So, all right. All right. So, next, you want to talk about the restaurant a little bit more? Or? We can talk about the restaurant. Excellent. So, um, so uh, we this is brought to you, right? This oh, yeah. Is brought to you by Aroma Time Bistro uh, in 90 miles north of New York City in the beautiful Catskill Mountains. Um, there's great hiking nearby. Oh, my gosh. There's we amazing were, stuff to do outside. Yeah, amazing stuff. We're in the middle of four or five state parks, forest preserves. There's hang gliding here. There's hiking. There's cross-country skiing. There's snowshoeing. One of the best mountain bike, the U.S. mountain bike park in the in the state. New York State is here five, five minutes down the road. We are surrounded with mountains that have um, zillions of trails, I think. <laughs> it, it, it's miles, so and miles, miles and miles and miles of trails. So. Yep. A Roman Time Bistro, Ellenville, New York, restaurant to table. I'm sorry, relationship to table, farm to table, but a little bit more down to our bar, which is loaded with amazing spirits, uh, all independently owned spirits, wines, beers, all craft beers, independently owned wines. Yep. So, um, yeah. Great. So come on up and see us. www.aromatimebistro.com. Time like the herb. T-H. Why me? So Jamie and I are super excited because we're getting ready to do our first couple entrepreneur, couplepreneur um, workshop. We're going to be on a panel uh, with uh, relationship coach Dave Elliott, and we're going to be talking and dropping information, helping people in the crowd about how just relationships in general. But then what happens when you bring the relationship of a, of a married couple into a business and how do you right. work the business together? We're going to be dropping a bunch of really cool information. We're really excited about that. Let's talk right now, Jamie. What? Why don't you say one thing that's helped us, and I'll say one thing that's helped us over the years. Because, folks, we work side by side. We are together 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with a break here and there. Yes. <laughs> and we, we wouldn't change it. We wouldn't, I was going to say, we wouldn't change it. We wouldn't change it. We, we absolutely would. love what we do. We love helping each other. We love the... Um, we just love the aspect of always being together, and, and we wouldn't change any of that. I mean, we complement each other so well mm -hmm. um, in so many different aspects. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is, is that we're on the same team, right? Our goal should always be the same. Uh, maybe not all of them, but, but our main goal for our business, for our relationship, should be the same. We are on the same team. So we have to remind ourselves of that quite a bit. You know, when we disagree on something, we're on the same team. We're building right? an empire together. We're building it together. We are building this this business, all these businesses, all the things that we do together, and, and we have to remember that. So what is your tip? So just remember to support each other and and, and remember to be on, on the same team, right? Same and, team. 
and remind each other of that. I think that's important because sometimes we get upset about certain things and we both have to remind each other. We're on the same team. On the same team. What's so tip? my tip, what is my tip? So, you know, there's so many there's so many things that make it crucial and essential for a spouse, uh, for a couplepreneur to make this thing work. First of all, your business has to be your passion. You You cannot be in business together and wait to get out of the office every single day and, and, and put that life behind you. It helps when this is your passion. Absolutely. And that makes it so much easier. Uh, and it's 2020. You don't need to take a job for somebody anymore that you hate that's miserable or buy a business or stay in a business that's miserable. You you have the right now to, to express your entrepreneurial um, ambitions, your social uh, uh, um, um, what I want to say, um, uh, standards, your moral standards. You have all of these opportunities now to do this and, and grow these businesses. So definitely that's one thing that helps. Be, be. But besides that, what would I say? I would say, of course, what you said is super important. We're always on the same team. Right. Always on the same team. We have to learn, you have to learn to compromise. Right. Because we know our departments. You do certain things, I do certain things. And I won't make a big deal about something if I don't agree with it, unless I really feel it's a detriment to the business. Right. Then I speak up and say, Jamie, we need to talk about this because I feel you're wrong and this is not good for business. Other than that, you make a decision, it's your department, you're fine. And come I think to I'm me. pretty much the same way. Yep. I'll come to you if I don't know how to make a decision or or if you're making a, a wrong decision in, in terms of what you're saying or how you're how you're right. doing it. So We can't wait to report back after the speech. I know, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so that's going to be a the really... The other thing really is taking responsibility, right? Oh, that, that's yeah. the thing. That was the other thing that we really Take wanted responsibility to... for what's going on in your relationship. That right there will change everything. I mean, you... it's, it takes one second, one second, and one thing sometimes in a relationship to just change the relationship. And if you take responsibility for it and you believe in your relationship, man, you're going to go far. Yeah. So, Take responsibility. So yeah. Take responsibility. You know we'll what? Report back you know after. what? I shouldn't have spoke to you like that. Even though you can be dead wrong. Right. I shouldn't, or, 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 or the other person can be dead wrong. I shouldn't have spoke to you like that. I should have listened to you better. Um, let's talk about that again. Let's let's revisit that, or let's. You know what? I'm really sorry that we got into a fight, or that I blew up at you. I'm really sorry that I did that. That's not how I meant to act. That's not how I meant to treat, treat right. you. That's, and honestly, it's probably not the way that you but meant it was to the treat way anybody. That it came across. The way that it came across. So take responsibility. Say I'm sorry. It's not so bad. So. Yep. yep. But yeah, we'll we'll report back after. Yep. We're, we're pretty excited about that. So. All right, folks. We're almost coming to the end of this episode. A little uh, uh, blurb on our coaching business. Absolutely. Uh, Fiftymistakes.com is our website or restaurantgrowthsecretsuniversity.com. We have amassed over 50 hours of highly educational, very passionate videos on how to make a profitable restaurant. One of our clients called us the other day and he was like, Marcus, my first month of the year my was up, up. 12,000 versus the year before. Another client sent me an email around the holiday time and said, Marcus, you know, because of you, we don't have to sell this restaurant anymore. We love helping business. We can work with any type of business owner, any type of business. A lot of the stuff is very similar. 50 Mistakes That Business Owners Make is the book that I wrote. I have a follow-up book on that. It's a website too, right? It's a website, 50mistakes.com. I write for Forbes. I write for their business uh, business column on Forbes.com. Business, a lot of this business stuff is totally the same, but our passion, our niche is restaurants. We can. This is the one thing that I always hear business owners say. 
I've tried everything, Marcus. <laughs> I've tried everything. And we just heard that recently from somebody and they yeah. were, they've been open a month. I've let's, tried everything. Let's say that for the next show. We're at our Absolutely. half an hour mark right now. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. If anybody's interested in coaching or finding out more what we do about business coaching, uh, go to 50mistakes.com, 50mistakes.com. Check out a lot of the stuff there. Or marcusgiuliano.com. I'm happy to speak, do keynote speeches, do workshops, webinars, and we're happy to get up on stage and talk about our business experience Absolutely. and our couplepreneur experience and any kind of angle like that. So marcusgiuliano.com. Check out all that. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. We truly, truly appreciate it. We're very grateful to have you as we listeners and fans. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.